So at the, the table yesterday, we were talking about uh, different issues within the church and vocation numbers and um, how it's difficult for many parishes now to, to find a priest, especially in more rural areas where now they're sharing priests with uh, with the, the towns of the, the, the local cities and that kind of thing, and how things are becoming a little more problematic as regards uh, priest numbers, as regards the, the numbers of clergy that we have in active service. And I was just thinking how, how much I love being a priest. Just, you know, when you're having these conversations, you're thinking, you know, uh, why aren't young Irish men uh, deciding for priesthood? I just thought, wow, yeah, why aren't they? Why aren't they? Because it's such an amazing vocation. So I was kind of asking myself, I talk to myself a lot. Um, uh, so I was just asking myself, why do I like it? Why do I like being a priest? Um, it's not for the holidays, uh, although we only work one day a week. We just work on Sundays. Uh, the, one, the one day we're not supposed to work, we work. Um, so it was, it's not really for the holidays. That wouldn't be why, no, I, I, I like being a priest. I think one of the main reasons I like being a priest, and this might seem a little, a little slightly off skew, uh, uh, is that I think as a priest, you get to be a minister of God's healing, not just in the obvious, as in not just kind of through physical healings, but everything a priest does should be healing. Everything a priest does should help people to heal. Now, when I talk about healing, we're talking about the, the, the broader understanding of healing. Healing in the sense of being made whole. Being made whole. So healing isn't just the body. is isn't just, you know, I had cancer, I had leukemia, I went, got a prayer session, and now that's gone. Because that's, you can still be lacking something there can still be something missing in you even even though you have a healthy body so being made whole isn't just physical healing being made whole is far far broader than that and i think it's it's an essential part of of the lord's mission which uh maybe we we don't we're not always as aware of as as we should be i mean what what was the mission of jesus what did he want to do well, firstly, he wants to unite us with the Father. That's the most important thing. He wants that, that we and the Father be one, that we be brought back to the Father. But when Jesus stands up in the synagogue and takes the, the scroll from the prophet Isaiah, he reads what we, we, we meditated yesterday during one of our talks. The Spirit of the Lord has been given to me, for the Lord has anointed me. Okay, for what purpose? He has sent me to bring good news to the poor and to heal the hearts that are broken. To heal the hearts that are broken. So like the Lord wants to heal hearts. The interior life. Everything that's going on inside here. The Lord wants to heal. And I would actually argue that's actually more important than a physical healing. It's more important than a physical healing. Because all of you. you mean you've met people who are depressed. Or suffering from those kind of internal issues. Eating disorders and things where their body is healthy, their body is fine, but because their heart isn't, the health of their body doesn't matter to them. They don't, they'd maybe even rather not be here, even though that their physical body is fine. If the heart is wrong, if the heart is, is, is wounded, everything else is, will, 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 will be unstable. Everything else will actually, will actually mean very little to you. If the heart is, if the heart is right, if the heart is at peace, if the heart is whole, if the heart is at peace with God, then you can have an unhealthy body. You can be in a wheelchair. You can be suffering from old age. You can have 
a difficult diagnosis. You can be on a deathbed and still be at peace and still be whole. You understand? So what the Lord has come to do also through, through uh, the priesthood is to heal broken hearts, to make people whole. And that's just, it's, such, it's such a privileged position to have. It's such a privileged role to have. Uh, such a responsibility because you then you must protect the hearts of those entrusted to you you have to uh, you have to keep them safe you have to try and guide them guide them to the Lord so then that also means that you must know the way you have to lead by example you have to lead first and then guide these hearts back to the Lord that they may be made whole there by him and this is it's such a uh, a stunning vocation. You look at Saint Mary Magdalene, the saint of today, who, and like, and Scripture is very blunt about it. it. Doesn't try to soften this one at all. From whom Jesus cast out seven demons. Now, so I mean, the saint of today had seven demons cast out of her. <laughs> so she was in. Like, we're not entirely. There's a bit of kind of biblical discussion as to whether she's the same Mary that that washed the feet of Jesus with her tears and, and, and dried his feet with her hair. We're not entirely sure. Um, but what we do know, we, 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 we know enough about her to know that her life before she met the Lord wasn't right. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, she wasn't living according to the Lord's commands, at least. She was, you know, pardon the word, like, but, you know, it's, it's the word of scripture, like she was a, a sinner, a sinner, living a life that was, that was far from God. We're all sinners, by the way, but she had a, a life that was particularly maybe uh, that bit further away from, from the Lord's will. So the Lord meets her, and, and when he does, what would you think his reaction would have been? I mean, considering the Lord can see a heart, the Lord can see your soul, right? Always. He, just, he sees you are, as you are. No masks, no... The clothes and makeup and Botox, he sees right through all of that. He sees into the heart. So he sees this lady who initially had seven demons residing in her and who had done all these awful things. So what's the Lord's reaction? If we hadn't read scripture, if we hadn't heard these stories, we might have thought the Lord would look at her with some sort of disappointment or disgust. That he would look at her and say, you know, I gave you the... The, the gift of beauty. I gave you the gift of, of intelligence, of a healthy body, and this is how you use it. But that's not what he does. He sees Mary Magdalene, and he sees in her a heart that longs to be loved. And a heart that, that, that wants to love. It wants to be loved, and it wants to love. Just it's going about it in all the wrong ways. But a heart that wants to love a heart that wants to be held. A heart that wants to be to, to know that it's safe. And so he's, that, that, that's what he sees in, in this woman, not what everyone else saw. He sees a beloved daughter of his who's, who's gotten lost. And so, yes, the, the demons are cast out of her and she becomes such a, a faithful disciple of the Lord waiting outside his tomb, weeping 
So she goes in search of the Lord. It's such a, you could do such a, a, medita- a beautiful meditation on, on this, this gospel passage from John 20. She goes in search of the Lord. So keep in mind the, kind of the, the dynamic, what's happening here. She's going in search of the Lord. She's looking for the Lord. And she's weeping. Okay. Ever happened to you? Ever happened to you when you're just, in her case, she's in a state of grief. But maybe for you, you're just in a state of just this emptiness or loss or sadness. Or you just kind of feel abandoned. You just kind of want to be alone. You just don't want to be with anyone. Uh, maybe people have let you down and you just feel, you just feel fairly miserable. And so in those occasions, what should we do? Seek the Lord. They've taken him away, and I don't know where he is. So in those moments, like when you just feel alone, and, and maybe even initially you start praying, and initially maybe there's nothing, maybe there still is no uh, elation, there, maybe there still is no relief from that, that, that sadness or that loss. Okay? But she persists, you see. She persists in her search for the Lord. I don't know where they have put him. Who are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and remove him. As she said this, he turned around and saw it was Jesus standing there, though she did not recognize him. Jesus was there, but she didn't recognize him. Jesus said, Mary. She knew him then. And said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means master. So, in these moments of of loss and, and sadness and maybe desolation, uh, the Lord is always there because he, God can't not be there. He holds everything in existence. So he's always there. But yes, it happens that we don't see him. It happens that we don't recognize him and it definitely happens that we don't feel his presence. But he's always there. What does he ask of us? He asks well, perseverance, persistence, don't give up. Stay looking for him. Stay looking for him. Which means stay united to him in prayer. Stay praying. Keep searching for him. And then in time, the obstacles, the, the, the blindness, the, 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 the walls that we've built up, in time they come down. The Lord will, will arrange it. He'll arrange it through people. He'll arrange it through scripture passages. He'll arrange it through books. He'll arrange it through talks that you hear online. Who knows what? The Lord will arrange <clears throat> the healing of your soul. Why? Because he cares about you. So he will arrange it. He'll provide for it. He will provide for you. He will take care of you. He will carry you. And then in those moments, we, we, we should react as, as Mary and just say, Master, Jesus, my Lord, my God. You never left me. But we can't stay for very long in those moments. You know, those moments of intimate uh, connection with the Lord. 
they're, they're, they're beautiful, but we do eventually have to leave the chapel. We do eventually have to leave adoration. We do eventually have to leave. We can't cling on to those moments and just stay there. You can't live in Medjugorje. You know, it's nice there, but you eventually have to come back and do your thing. So we can't cling on to him. What the Lord is saying here, he's not saying, obviously, don't, don't continue to love me or don't continue to pray for me. Obviously, uh, we should, we must. But it, it's more of a kind of, in an immediate sense, we can't stay in that, you know, we can't live in an adoration chapel. We must hold on to the Lord, hold on to that, those memories and hurts, and, uh, ho- sorry, hold on to those memories uh, of, of, of grace and those moments of, of, of consolation and then bring them out into the world, into where we live. So the saint of today teaches us that there's so much hope for each one of us. The Lord sees the intentions of our hearts, even when we mess things up, even when we get things wrong. And so much of our sin, the vast majority of our sin, is caused by us looking for love in the wrong ways. Looking to, 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 to soften pain or to, to make up for a wound inflicted by someone. Just something hurt us. And we try to make that better by, who knows, by, by drinking or by some sort of an addiction or by superficial relationships or who knows what. Gossip to make ourselves feel important, to make ourselves feel wanted. People want to hear the new story from us so we feel important so so much of our of our sin is motivated by by looking for love in the wrong ways and the lord has come to do what to heal the brokenhearted to heal and this uh, i think is one of his his greatest desires for each one of us to make us whole to heal those wounds of our hearts, to unite us again with his Father and our Father. So I think we have a theme for our last Medjugorje retreat, actually, the healing power of Jesus. Bingo. Good. Okay, we're going to change the last one. Uh, I think this would be a great thing to have a, a whole retreat on, actually, the healing power of Jesus. Um, to focus on like the healing of memories and heart, hurts, also the, the physical healing, but I'll say the, the more important healings are, are, are internal. So today we ask the Lord that we might seek him, that we might look for him. As the psalm says, it is your gaze, O Lord, that I seek. Hide not your face. That we might seek him. And as Mary Magdalene, despite her imperfection, that we might find him, (coughs) that we might hear him call our name with such tenderness and love and as he calls our name may we may we recognize him may we we may we know it's him this isn't just my imagination this is jesus speaking to me calling me by name and then it's up to me then to to react to respond what do i say to him and to let him heal my heart to let him heal the wounds and the cracks and the bruises for the spirit of the Lord has been given to him for the Lord has anointed him the spirit of the Lord has sent him to bring good news to the poor and to heal the broken hearted 